0: You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with bookish news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 71, and I'm recording on Friday, February 25th. If you found your way to this podcast through Bookpage, welcome! I'm always happy to have more book enthusiasts listening to the show, and if you like what you hear, feel free to leave a review. A little bit later in the show, I will share the details of how to enter my book giveaway I'm running, and I'm so excited to tell you about who's going to be the next guest author on my show in two weeks. But today, it's just me. I feel like I haven't been solo in a while, so back to talking to myself. We recently got back from a trip to Las Vegas. My 15-year-old had a hockey tournament there. It was so weird being out and about in the world, but really fun. One team flew in all the way from the Czech Republic, and they were so good. And I can't tell you how many dogs there were in the casino. And yes, I brought my painting supplies and three books to read, but I didn't have time for any of that because I was running around from hockey games to this wacky Meow Wolf interactive art installation to dinners with friends, and I even managed to take my almost 13-year-old to go see Blue Man Group. It was a whirlwind trip, and after spending the last two years hunkered down, it was really, really fun. I am on week seven of my 10-week UCLA Writers Extension course that I'm teaching on writing the young adult novel. I am not teaching next quarter, but I am teaching a one-day, three-hour seminar on strategies for writing scenes, and sign-ups are now live. This class is only $30, and you will get me for three hours imparting all of my knowledge on what goes into writing great scenes in fiction, although you can definitely also apply what I'm teaching to nonfiction. So if you're working on a writing project or you're considering starting a writing project, but you don't quite know where to begin, sign up and let me help you. I will leave a link in the show notes, and the one-day course will be on May 7th from 10 a.m. Pacific time to 1 p.m., right from the comfort of your own home over Zoom. And if you're interested in other writing courses, please visit my website at jennifercalogaris.com to see what my past students have to say and reach out, and we can design a course that is perfect to meet your goals. And the price goes down the more people you can get to enroll. So grab your friends and come take an online writing course with me. My last bit of news is that I signed up for TikTok, mostly because I keep reading about Book Talk and I wanted to see what it was all about. I think I have one follower. I haven't posted any videos because I'm terrified and have no idea what I'm doing. But if you want to friend me over there, I'm at Jennifer Calogaris, and maybe one day I'll post a video once I figure out what in the world is going on. And now it's time for some bookish news. (coughs) Otessa Moshfegh's book, Eileen, is being adapted into a film starring Anne Hathaway. This was Moshfegh's first novel, which follows a young woman named Eileen, who is a secretary at a boy's prison. When a new counselor named Rebecca arrives on the scene, Eileen is drawn into her world and ends up being on the wrong end of a crime. Moshfeg is the author of the short fiction collection, Homesick for Another World, which I loved, and My Year of Rest and Relaxation, which ended up being such a polarizing book the year it came out. Maya Angelou will be the first Black woman to be featured on the U.S. Quarter. This is just so thrilling. It's part of the American Women Quarters Program that will honor American women's contributions to American history. Angelou, of course, Was an accomplished writer and poet, but she was also a performer, an activist, a singer, professor, just to name a few of her many talents. Her autobiography, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, was released in 1969, and after that, she published over 30 works of fiction, nonfiction, and verse. She passed away in 2014 at the age of 86. I don't know exactly when her quarter releases. For all I know, it could be out. In the world already, but I will definitely be checking my quarters before slinging them into parking meters from now on. My next bit of bookish news comes out of Florida. So four months ago, Florida State Strozier Library found that almost 5,000 items were missing from the Robert M. Irvin Jr. collection, and now a suspect has been arrested. This was definitely an inside job because Todd Peake, the chief of security at the library, has been arrested. Not only did he steal things from the collection like rare comic books, but then he sold them online for over $100,000. Not cool, Todd. Not cool. And he owned one of the only four keys that gave access to the collection. He is not a smooth criminal, The library, of course, really wants to get their stolen items back, and people are encouraged to get in touch if they think they or someone they know is in possession of their stolen goods. So that's enough news for now. On to the books. I am going to start off with This Golden State by Merritt Weisenberg, which comes out March 1st. As a huge fan of Merritt Weisenberg's writing, I couldn't wait to read this novel. If you have been listening for a while, you will recall that she was on the show a year ago to talk about her young adult novel, The Insomniacs, which I also really loved. And this novel was well worth the wait. Teenager Poppy Winslow has been on the run with her family for as long as she can remember. After settling into her brand new life in California, she takes a DNA test as part of her summer school curriculum, and the results shake the foundation of her already unstable family situation. Torn between claiming her own identity and protecting her parents, Poppy struggles through family secrets, an intense crush, and meeting her goals. This book is about identity and belonging, family histories and their consequences on future generations, and having the Bay Area so aptly portrayed as the backdrop to the story was an added bonus. I loved spending time with Poppy and empathized with her so much through all of her challenges. This is a page-turning young adult thriller with running on empty vibes. I loved it. So thank you to NetGalley and Flatiron Books for the advanced review copy. And I'm thrilled to announce that Merritt will be back. She's going to be the special guest on Books Are My People on March 14th. So go out and get yourself a copy of This Golden State on March 1st and read it before she comes on the show. My next pick is Let's Get Back to the Party by Zach Salee. And this came out a while ago, but the paperback came out February 16th. This novel takes place in 2015, just weeks after the Supreme Court marriage equality ruling. Sebastian is a high school art history teacher who admires how free his students are with their identity because he spent his youth trying to hide his queerness and being ashamed of it. He runs into his childhood friend, Oscar, at a wedding in D.C., and his childhood memories begin to flood Sebastian but Oscar seems disinterested in revisiting their childhood. Oscar feels like queerness that tries to become heteronormative goes against everything he's been fighting for. Oscar holds on tightly to gay culture, and he thinks that it's being diminished as it's being normalized, and this really troubles him. So these two men and former friends are philosophically diametrically opposed but their paths keep crossing. I thought this was a really moving, thought-provoking, and smart narrative, and I'm giving away a brand new paperback copy to one listener. All you have to do is go to my Instagram page at Jennifer Caloyaris, or you can find it by searching for Books Are My People, and look for my post, on Let's Get Back to the Party and simply follow my account and write something in the comments. You can tag friends separately for additional entries and you can share in your story for an additional entry. This contest will close on March 15th and I will DM the winner on March 16th. This is open to U.S. mailing addresses only. And again, the name of this book is Let's Get Back to the Party by Zach Salee. Thank you to Algonquin for the two copies, the one that I got to read and the one that I get to give away. My next pick is Mercy Street by Jennifer Hay, which came out February 1st. Claudie has been working at the Mercy Street Clinic for almost 10 years. Mercy Street is in the middle of the city in an area that used to be the red light district, but with gentrification, the block has changed. Women in need of assistance frequent Mercy Street daily, as do vocal protesters, As passionate as Claudia is about the work that she does, there are people out there who are equally as passionate about taking the clinic down. Claudia manages her anxiety with pot from her dealer, Timothy, who, like Mercy Street, includes a hodgepodge of characters with various belief systems. This engrossing book is a look at issues pertaining to women's health, ideologies, and polarization, a book that really resonates in today's climate. Thank you to Echo and NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that is Mercy Street by Jennifer Hay. Next up is an oldie but a goodie. It came out about a year ago, and it is called Quiet in Her Bones by Nalini Singh, and I just didn't get a chance to review it. Arav's socialite mother's body has been found 10 years after disappearing, along with $250,000. This newfound discovery awakens a host of emotions in Arav, who is at home recovering from surgery and living with his titan father. Arav's memory issues cause him to be a deliciously unreliable narrator. He's seeing a therapist trying to work through his emotions about his mother's body being newly discovered. And to add a layer of intrigue, he also happens to be a best-selling mystery writer whose storylines tend to overlap with his own life. This is an engrossing, atmospheric, psychological thriller that is full of tension and deals with family secrets. Arav's interiority takes center stage as he works through memories, fragments of his life, trying to piece together how his past informs his identity. This is a gripping read set in New Zealand with twists and turns at each corner, and even though the reader won't necessarily trust every thought Arav has, they will certainly want to follow him to the end. Thank you to NetGalley and Berkeley Publishing Group for this advanced review copy. And again, this is Quiet in Her Bones by Nalini Singh. I have two more brief books today, which will take us up to six, so you get a bonus book. Um, Next is Essays 2 by Lydia Davis, which came out in November of last year And as a longtime fan of Lydia Davis's fiction, I especially love her short short fiction, her flash fiction. I was very excited to read the second essay collection as I'd missed the first one. Davis delves into her literary passions, most notably her work as a translator, something I was unaware of. She talks about her methodology when it comes to translation, how it's achieved by working in partnership on the page with the original author, and she talks in depth about her time in Arles, France, as well as the acquisition of various languages. Davis is a literary gem, and I delighted in all of this insight into her passion for and approach to translation, which I certainly have a newfound respect for. I always try and include the translator's names when I talk about a work of fiction that has been translated, but I think I haven't done it 100% of the time. So from now on, I promise I will include all translator's names because it is really its own art form. Thank you to Fair Strauss and Giroux and NetGalley for the advanced review copy. And again, that is Essays 2 by Lydia Davis. And while you're at it, you might as well start with Essays 1. My last pick, I think, came out January 1st. It might be February 1st. I'm not sure, but... It's called Fridge Love by Kristen Hong. And I have to be honest, I don't normally read books about refrigerators. This is not going to be very on brand if you have been listening for a while. But as a longtime fan of Kristen Hong's Instagram page, um, I had to pick up this book. On her Instagram page, she just wows with how her food is organized. It's all organized in rainbow order and in these clear jars. And it's just sort of like Fridge porn, so I had to check it out. Hong first got into food organization when she was introduced to Dr. Joel Furman's nutritarian diet, which involves eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and seeds and nuts. And as someone who has dabbled in eating this way, I know firsthand that the hardest part of sticking to it is staying organized and prepared. Hong's approach to fridge organization makes getting healthy food onto your plate easy, and eye-pleasing. She offers organizational tips at various levels of fridge organization motivation. And while I couldn't wait to finish reading the sections on the history of the refrigerator or the mechanics of how a refrigerator works, the rest of the book has a lot to offer in terms of ways in which to organize a fridge, including what to do if you have people on different diets in the same household, which is something that I struggle with. While I know my fridge will never look like Hong's, I now have the tools to make my fridge more inviting and practical. The fridge envy never goes away, but this time, at least maybe my veggies will be pre-chopped. If you want to check out her Instagram page and see what I'm talking about, go to @helloNutritarian, and I will leave a link in the show notes. And that again is Fridge Love by Kristen Hong. As always, you can email me at books are my at gmail.com. I hang out mostly on Instagram at Jennifer Caloyaris. My son was recently reading Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. So that is what I'm going to read next because much like The Great Gatsby, which I read in January, I have not read that book since high school. And I am so curious how my middle aged self will experience it. I'll be back in two weeks with Merit Weisenberg, author of This Golden State, out March 1st, as well as the author of The Insomniacs, which I've also previously recommended on the show. So I look forward to her visit. And in the meantime, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.